welcome to the Best Place to Work podcast, where we promise actionable tips from real business leaders on building amazing work cultures. Not tips from Google, but tips from the trenches of real-world businesses just like yours. Today on the podcast, we have Michelle Jacobs and Matt Herdig of All Light Analytics in Kansas City, Missouri. All Light is a marketing data aggregation platform that they started in 2007. Uh, they currently have 30 employees, and most of the interview is focused on them talking about how they drafted their core values and living those values out have really been the biggest contributor to their great culture. Uh, let's just jump right into the interview. So I'm here with Michelle Jacobs and Matt Herdig um, from All Light Analytics. Um, good afternoon to you guys. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Thanks doing for great. having us. Thank you. Yeah. So why don't you guys start a little bit? I know you guys, um, the company's been around since 2007. Um, you guys have won multiple awards for uh, Best Place to Work. Um, why don't you guys take me back to the beginning a little bit and tell me about the origins of the company and specifically like the backgrounds you guys came to the company with uh, as it pertains to like management. So maybe before you guys started the company, what management experience did you have and 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 the, the beginning days of the company? Sure, absolutely. Well, uh, thanks for having us today. You know, when when I started in the company with Matt, you know, my background was really in advertising and marketing. So I started out my career at an advertising agency called Saatchi and Saatchi, and then moved over to the corporate side of the world. And really having those two backgrounds, agency and corporate, was good for helping me understand how corporations work, what we wanted to do as managers, what we didn't want to do as managers. Uh, there was there's definitely a lot of learnings working for large companies like America Century Investment and H&R Block. Uh, you learn a lot about the do's and the don'ts, um, you know, what motivates people, what doesn't. You know, working for a company like American Century, it was always one of the top places to work, had amazing benefits. Um, so it was a great example of, you know, how to treat your employees and, and really how to reward them for hard work. And, and kind of conversely, you know, other companies were more challenging where there was a lot of turnover and poor management structures. <clears throat> And, and so that, you know, I think really has shaped a lot of um, how we manage today. And, you know, we always tell new people when they start that, you know, politics is not something that flies at our company. You know, we spent way too many years dealing with that in corporate environments and, and not something that we're, we're willing or, you know, going to enable it at a light. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah. And to, to Michelle's point, I think my background, I spent uh 15 years in, in, in the corporate environment. And there's there's some really good things that you can learn from a corporate structure. Um, we actually worked together at American Century, which is where we got to know each other. Um, and, but again, I think with, with any experience, whether it's good or bad, it's, it's, it's how do you learn from those experiences. And, and you know, I led different teams in, in my corporate world. And the last stop was a CIO for a database marketing company. And and I, I think that the idea of managing and leading people has always been something that, that both of us have and enjoyed. But I also think that, you know, with starting a light, we, we, we wanted to do things a little bit different. Um, and first and foremost, we just treat people um, like adults, for lack of a better term. We just we're just brutally honest and say, 
this is our environment. Um, this is what our expectation is. We will support you 100%. But at the end of the day, um, you know, our job isn't to uh, do your to to do what we hired you to do. Our job is to facilitate your success. <clears throat> and I think people people embrace that. And um, I can tell you that you know, being in business for so long, not everyone um, uh, has been successful in that kind of environment. And I think that's okay because I think that. One of the challenges that maybe companies fall into is trying to be everything to everybody. And that's really not how you can build a culture. You really have to have a culture, which is your identity of who you are and how you're going to do things. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so tell me about when you guys first started the company, um, you know, setting those those first things around the culture. Because you guys are what, like 50 people now, roughly? About 30. About 30. Okay. So, you know, you guys have grown steadily throughout the years, but when you guys first started, um, I heard you guys saying that, you know, you, you had these experiences and you wanted to make them better, improve upon them when you started the company. Um, what were some of the core things that you did right off the, off the bat that you felt like really shaped that culture? Yeah, I think, um, so I think that's a great point. I think it's it's being just um, being real with people. I think being honest with them about um, expectations again, as I said. But I can tell you, I don't know that we really did a a, a fantastic job as leaders. Um, you know, because when you're entrepreneurs and you start a company and you start adding people uh, to your organization, it's it's um, th- there's not really a handbook for that, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, they teach up in college, but you kind of have to feel your way. It's like so many things in, in owning a business. And just because we're good at marketing analytics doesn't mean we're, 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 we're great managers or the best managers, you know, out of the box. Yeah, I think, yeah. And, um, to that point, I think that, that while we had leadership experience and we understand the concepts of it, it wasn't really until we grounded ourselves in our core values, um, and guiding principles that we developed for the company. And there's six of those that really gave us an identity about, um, you know, we were doing some good things and we were doing things the right way, but we didn't really have a, um, a grounding point for, for lack of a better term. <clears throat> and those six, six guiding principles that we have have really given us an identity about how to talk about who a light is. Um, and they're a part of everyone's review process um, that we go through. Because the, the guiding principles to us aren't things that you just put on the wall. It's it's your identity, and that's how we shape our culture. So those weren't originally um, part of the part of the company, right? No, no, they weren't. Um, um, we started uh, one of the things that we started doing as as leaders. We were smart enough to start to form um, a leadership team around us, right? So one of the best mm-hmm. things you can do as entrepreneurs is understand that you aren't the smartest person in the room. Right. Um, and that you need to surround yourself with, with different talents and, and different perspectives. And so we did that and our leadership team really, um, was instrumental in helping us, um, establish those, um, those guiding principles. That's great. Like, was that a, you know, you said we didn't want to just put it up on the wall. Um, and I feel like that's sometimes what people are just do, you know, like, oh, we have to come up with guiding principles to kind of talk about it. How did you actually make those like a real part of the business? You said you, you use them in the review process. Um, what are some other ways that those have really gotten into the ethos of a light? Yeah, like I said, you know, we definitely use it in the review process. It, it is our review process. So when um, annual reviews come up, those those guiding principles are, are what people um, are, are gauged upon, you know, their success at the company. So that's certainly an important part. 
And the other key thing is that it's really not Matt and I handing down those guiding principles or telling people that, oh, you need to, you need to have fun or you need to be, you know, doing teamwork today. Mm -hmm. it, it really, the culture of the company really comes from every single employee there. They're the ones that decide if, you know, they want to have that kind of culture or not. And luckily they've chosen that they have. And, um, you know, we see it come through on our different surveys that we've done where when people ask what are the great things about working at a light, um, those guiding principles are the things that usually bubble up to the top. So we know that people are, are taking those seriously. And we do, we do take the time. Uh, we'll be doing it uh, next week, actually, to get the teams together and to you know, do exercises to talk about the guiding principles and to do things like Myers-Briggs and you know, have some time set aside where really as an organization, we're helping people understand you know, what those guiding principles mean to us and listening to what those guiding principles mean to them so that we can, you know, become as a company even even better, even and live those guiding principles even more. Yeah, and, and to Michelle's point, what, um, how we developed those guiding principles was we actually had everybody in the organization at the time. Um, we set aside, you know, an afternoon, and we we talked about characteristics that we wanted to represent as a um, as an organization, and it truly was a was a whiteboard brainstorming exercise about these are the kinds of things that we want to be known for, you know, obviously communication and integrity and leadership and innovation and fun. You know, those, those kinds of things aren't things that we just, that Michelle and I sat in a room and said, hey, these, these sound good, let's do that. These were all terms that um, everyone at the company at the time participated in, in shaping. <clears throat> and um, we really felt that it was a representative of, of who we are as a company and so, not only is it part of the review process, but Michelle and I meet with all new uh, new team members um, when they join the Elite family, and we go through those and we talk about them and we share um, our experience on how we started the company um, and that it's not you know uh, starting a company is not easy. Uh, it's it takes a lot of hard work and dedication, and I would say the same thing for for a culture. You can't expect the owners of a company to mandate what the culture is. The culture just has to be something that is and it's it's something you have to continue to work at and um and as michelle said we don't we don't own the culture everyone owns the culture everybody has to be a part of of um holding each other accountable and being supportive of one another and in, in, the, in the principles that we've set out as a, as a company yeah did you did you find that after you drafted those and then started to work on those i mean it sounds like and I know a lot of times when value statements and stuff are drafted, they're really a result of the not only the founders, but then some of the feelings and the actions that are already happening. But then you're solidifying those in a vision statement or you know the core values. Um, did you find yourself like doing intentional time to to talk just as a leadership team to say like, hey, how are we doing here? Um, it sounds like you guys are doing that collectively as a as a company, but then saying like, okay, we're we're going to do these things, you know, as an executive team, or we're going to reevaluate these as we, as we go along, you know? Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> well, again, I think, uh, when you're, when you're dealing with a culture and you're dealing with, with a company, you're dealing with, with human dynamics and you, you know, it would be a 
um, it would it would be a lie to say that we've always been perfect and we've always had the perfect mix of, of people that that are always embracing those. But I think if you don't have that, it's a it's a qualitative type of discussion. Whereas if you have something to ground you, where if you have, have someone on the team who who isn't communicating the way that they need to be communicating, you can go back to those guiding principles and say, look, this is an overall expectation of our culture. Um, and when I'm not doing that, you need to hold me accountable because I think that we as leaders can't set a, um, you know, sit in the glass tower, so to speak. And we're very, Michelle and I are very real about that and very real with, with everyone in the company, in particular our leadership team, when we aren't doing the things that, that reflect those guiding principles, um, not, in, not, you know, unintentionally, we just don't see it, hold us accountable. Um, and I think that's part of, of just being real and honest uh, that, that makes our culture, you know, healthy. Yeah. What, um, what would you say, what, what caused you to delay putting those in place? Was it, you just didn't have a, a framework for it? Um, was it um, just, I mean, not really knowing how to implement it? I mean, what was the, the cause of, of saying, oh, we, we need to, what is the pain that maybe forced the, you guys to do that? I think it was just the getting to be larger. You know, when you're small, you're working so closely with every single team member that there isn't really a question about what you're all collectively trying to accomplish. And there isn't a question about, you know, the guiding, we don't have them written down, but we all were headed towards the same goal. And, you know, when there's just a handful of you, it's really easy to do that. I think the turning point for us was really once we put a leadership team in place, um, you know, we're at the point where Matt and I are no longer managing every single person um, at the office. We're no longer, you know, working with them on a on a day to day basis like we were when we were small. And I think that was probably the pinnacle of, you know, okay, we're not not everybody gets to see the passion that comes through in us. Not everybody gets to, you know, work with us on a daily basis and see uh, the things that are important to us. So, since you know we were adding layers that was a good time to add guiding principles so that we all could be um, on the same page and that we could understand, you know, what the other team members, what was important to them as well. Like Matt said, you know, it wasn't something that he and I created and we ran off and told everybody, here's what our guiding principles are. The, the team created it. You know, we were part of that process, but the team created it. Um, so it was good to hear from everybody what they thought the company meant and what they wanted the company to stand for. Um, but really I think it was just a, a, a function of growing and not, you know, having necessarily all day long interaction with every single team member. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think it's funny because that's, it's something that's talked about, but people don't always do it with the intensity that you guys did it, you know, like saying, okay, we're gonna be really intentional about this and we're gonna, we're gonna really um, live it out. And like you said, uh, remain accountable to the team. Um, what are some other things that you guys feel like you learned over the 10 years that maybe are common pitfalls that maybe you've seen with um, friends or people in peer groups that they're not doing right um, and that you guys maybe lived through or lessons you've learned apart from the, the core principles um, that someone could, could implement in their business as they're growing? Wow. Well, how much time do we have? Yeah. <laughs> maybe just big things. <laughs> Oh my gosh, there's, I mean, there's so many things. There's so many things that we've, that we've learned. Um, you know, definitely having 
you know, and, and this maybe isn't exactly what you're getting at, but you know, having processes in place, I mean, that's something that it's hard for people to be successful when um, clear processes and expectations aren't outlined. And I know it sounds really easy, but when you're just trying to get things out the door, it's really, it really, it happens a lot where you just kind of forget to have some structure around things and you're just going 90 miles an hour and not you know, really thinking about the long-term impact. And, and that can really, you know, hurt morale. It can hurt the company uh, when people are just trying to get things done uh, without a, a system in place. So that, that's certainly, you know, one thing that we've learned. Um, another thing is the importance of a very stringent hiring process. Yep. Um, making sure that when we do hire somebody that they are interviewed extensively by different departments, different team members. Um, we also take you know, personality tests like Myers-Briggs or skill tests like the DISC very seriously, and that's something that we always implement as well. Um, making sure that you know, there's, people are, are fit. You know, like Matt said, not everybody is going to thrive in this kind of environment and have us both living, you know, having, having lived in corporate environments, having lived in agency environments, we know what, you know, what kind of people I think work best in certain kind of environments. And some people are made for corporate, some people are made for agencies, some people are made for startups. Um, and, and that's okay. But recognizing that in people when you're interviewing them and trying to, you know, make sure that you're not hiring somebody that, is going to get really frustrated um, in a more laid back or lackadaisical environment like we have, um, you know, is, is really important. No, that's great. I think that's, that's a, a huge aspect. That's, that's a, that's something that takes a long time <laughs> trying to figure all that out. Um, we, we've messed up, we've messed that one up a lot. Yeah. Yes. Um, hey, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and do the second half here of the show to talk about a little bit more from feedback from your employees. Great. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Waypoint. If you want to get your team aligned and you want to go from herding cats to a well-oiled machine, and if you're sick of the annual review process, then check out Waypoint. It's an elegant tool built for leaders just like you to help you invest in your people and unlock their true potential. Head over to waypointhq.com to learn more. Yeah, so we did a little survey of your employees and we got some very, very good feedback. So you guys are doing awesome. <laughs> One of the things that, that came up was that it's, uh, it, in the positive way, is that it's a, you guys have a family culture and feels like um, a meritocracy is actually some of, some of the verbiage that people used. Um, that, I mean, it, that sounds like that would probably be an outflow of a lot of the stuff that you guys are already doing. Um, but how, how do you guys anticipate um, maintaining that as you guys grow um, past, yeah. you know, 30 up to like 100 people, if that's in the in the cards for you guys, you know, if you guys want to do that, um, how are you going to maintain that, you know, as you guys grow? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's a great question, because um, and even Michelle and I, we talk about this a lot in the sense is that we as owners and leaders, we have to continue to invest more time um, in being intentional about the culture, meaning that um, we have to spend less time doing and more time leading, demonstrating the culture by 
by example, um, looking for opportunities to engage people. Um, <clears throat> that that's something that you have to, you know, you have to continue to look across the organization and see where weaknesses are. Uh, culture is like, I guess I would say it's like exercising, you know, you have to work at it constantly because if you let it just kind of sit, um, it gets out of shape and, and you don't want that. Um, so it, it, it's a, it's a, it's definitely, um, harder work to try and create and maintain that family type of culture, but I think it breeds, um, better results for our clients. I think it breeds a much better work environment where people can, are excited to come to work every day. Uh, and, and ultimately we spend so much time invested in, in the working space. Why not create an environment or, you know, do the best that we can to create an environment that is, um, you know, something that people enjoy. And I think one of the most interesting things is that we recently heard from, you know, people who've been there for quite a few years that right now is the best environment that, that we've ever had at the company. Yeah. Um, they love the people there more than more than ever. And, and to your point, you would think it would start to go the opposite since we're bigger now, right? Since we've right. added, you know, so many more people this year. I mean, we've really grown a lot just the last two years. You would think it would be the opposite. Like, oh, well, now that there's more people, you know, we're actually struggling a little bit. But it's actually it's the other way. And they're they're loving everybody there, you know, as, as friends and um, you know, people are, you know, spending time outside of work together. You know, it, it's funny when we worked at American Century, they always did these surveys and they asked one of the questions on the survey was always, do you have a best friend at work? Yeah. Um, and I think that it's been really fun for us to see people be friends outside of work and, and truly take an interest in each other and, and, care, and, and, other. and care about each other and yeah. hang out. And, you know, it's not just playing ping pong during the day or, or going to happy hour, but, you know, spending time together you know, either with their families or, or, or hanging out at a bar or whatever it is, that's, I think that's a testament to the leaders that we have in place. That's right. yeah. And again, the, the people that we've hired are just really great people. We've just gotten really lucky. Yeah. And I think, I think the thing with culture is, is that it's not a, you wake up one morning and say, Hey, we're going to have a good culture today. <laughs> um, it, it takes time. And when you when you consistently invest in it and you're serious about it, it, it can build momentum. And and I feel like that's where our light is, is we've continued to gain momentum about who we are, what we represent, the type of people that are going to be successful in our culture. Because again, with any company, not a hundred percent of everyone will not be successful. It just it all comes down to the environment that you can really relate to and that you can find yourself being successful in. And when we when we changed our interviewing process to be really diligent and very honest with people about this is who we are and um, this is the expectation that you are going to protect it as much as the person sitting next to you. Um, that allowed us to continue to build, um, to add, you know, members to our, to our family that, that are committed to it and it continues to build upon itself. So you said, um, no, I think that's great. I think your, your growth with consistent culture is, is, a, is a testament to the work you put in on the front end. So I think that's awesome. Um, what do you say, I mean, to somewhat play devil's advocate, um, you know, what, when you're working on culture, you said, okay, you got something you got to work on. What does that actually mean? I mean, is that like addressing issues and making sure that um, if something does pop up, you're addressing it quickly and saying, this is why we don't do that? Or, um, 
you know, what are the ways that you're tactically actually saying, okay, this is an activity I'm doing to maintain the culture? Is it like getting people out of the office? Is it um, doing regular reviews of like, you know, where the company's at in terms of revenue or something? Um, what are those action items that someone's like, okay, I did the core values, you know, we're interviewing well, but we're still having issues. Like what, what are the, yeah. some of the other tactical things that you can do to work on culture? You know, I think a couple of the things that pop up in my mind, uh, which which might be even a little bit different than what you're thinking, um, is our, we continue to, as, as Matt said, we continue to work as managers and leaders to empower people to, we don't micromanage them. We empower them to do their jobs. It is up to everybody to take ownership of their work and to get things done. And we are not... Um, and anyway, leaders that are trying and trying to you know push down orders or to tell people what to do, and we hear repeatedly that that is a huge thing um, that makes our culture what it is is that people do feel empowered. They you know are independent workers and have a lot of freedom to do what they feel needs to be done. And and I think that when people are are happy like that, it just it naturally feeds a great culture. So I, I guess I would say, you know, if, if people are struggling with culture, that would be one thing is to make sure you're not micromanaging people or giving them, you know, you know, way too little independence because that that's certainly, we've seen that, that, that certainly can backfire uh, quite easily. Yeah, I think, I think another thing is that um, if you, we don't look at, at the people who are at a light as employees, we really see them as part of this collective family that, you know, we're all united to, to try and change the marketing industry. That's, that's really what we're marching towards. We're not, we're not there just to make our clients successful. Um, of course, that's what we rally around, but we're also about trying to change this industry in the way that you go about, you know, understanding the performance of marketing. And so it's like, that is a grand thing to stay to say, but it also comes down to things on a daily basis. I mean, because, everyone gets frustrated with family, right? I mean, we all have families and we all get frustrated. There's no different than, than the person that you're working with. And so culture starts at those very uh, micro moments when if you're frustrated with somebody, well, don't go and talk to somebody else about it or don't, you know, um, don't go home and complain about it. Just walk over to that person and say, Hey, I'm really frustrated and I need your help. And those those sorts of things are learnings that we had from working in really large companies that, you know, I think those things get lost. And we've had over the years people come into our office and say so-and-so is, is, is not doing this. And so our first response is, is, well, have you talked to them? And most of the time it's no. And so that needs to be the first action is to just to be open and honest. Right. And, um, it's why clear communication is, is, a guiding principle in our company. Um, and so why teamwork is, is that if you're, if you're being a good team member and you're clearly communicating, then you're accountable to those things. Well, one other thing we've learned too is that you can have all of the best happy hours, you can have ping pong, you can have a beer fridge, you can have free food, you can have all of these perks, but at the end of the day, that doesn't make people happy and that doesn't keep people around. What we've learned is that it's really understanding you know, what the team needs and challenging them. And for a lot of our team, it's they want to continue to learn and they want to continue to be challenged and they want to continue to do new things. Those are way more important to them 
than all of the all the free beer that we have yeah. in the fridge. Yeah, exactly. We still have all that stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> that's not you know what's at the end of the day what's making them super happy. And you know that sometimes you know you hear about these big companies and Google and they have all these perks. But I, I feel like what we've learned is that those are nice to have, but those certainly aren't what fundamentally are making people happy and what are, you know, encouraging people to live the culture. Yeah. Although I would say that the natives get restless if food gets low and <laughs> they the do. Jars, you know, right yeah. The, the beer fridge is out right now, and <laughs> yeah. so there's a bit of an uproar. And the kegerators, right? <laughs> teams, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. When we can't, whatever happens, we can't move the ping pong table. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have some, some core uh, things that you're doing and making sure they're still happening. <laughs> That's great. Well, Hey, thank you so much for your time. Um, do you guys have any last words or last piece of advice to someone that's, you know, grown a company from 10 to a hundred and, and struggling, you know, other than what you guys already mentioned? Uh, I would just say, um, one of the things that we kind of constantly have to go back to is just being patient. Um, you know, culture is a, it's an invisible thing. Uh, it's not something that you can quantify. Um, but it is something that you have to work on and you have to, you have to be patient. Um, and for any of the entrepreneurs out there, I, I think we would say you can't do it by yourself. Um, you have to sound, surround yourself with, with other leaders. And that's the only reason we've been successful is because of the, the leadership team that we have in place. And then, of course, um, everybody within the organization embracing them um, is, is really the key to success that we found. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for listening. If you found the show valuable, please give us some love on iTunes. But if there's any reason that you would rate us less than five stars, please let me know. Shoot me a note at mike at bestplacetoworkpodcast.com. Thanks.